Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show, where we talk about the business of sports, both big and small. I'm Joe Favorito, flying solo this week for my co-host, Tom Richardson. And we're going to talk today about one of the two sports that always keeps coming up when people say fastest-growing team sports in the United States. One is rugby. The other is lacrosse. Uh, and today joining us is going to be Ashley Dabb, who is the Chief Marketing Officer for the National Lacrosse League, which, for those of you who don't know, is the fast-growing indoor league in the United States, professional league for men, sometimes called box lacrosse. Um, and we're going to talk about the NLL's growth, its digital-first strategy, how Ashley, as the CMO of a fast-growing league, got to where she is, uh, and touch on some of the other things that, that people who normally listen to our show may not know about lacrosse or who are lacrosse enthusiasts can learn a little bit more. So, Ashley, welcome to the Customer Show. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. So before we get into NLL and what it is and where it is, uh, and like I said, the digital first strategy, um, you have an interesting background coming from soccer, which is another sport that is kind of really popular amongst the people who listen to our show. Um, with the Philadelphia Union. So why don't you just kind of walk us through quickly how you got to where you are at the NLL through MLS and, and some of the places you've been. Sure. So I uh, did my undergrad at St. Joe's uh, University in Philly, and I was actually graduating college right around the time that uh, the new MLS team in Philadelphia uh, was launching. So uh, I had a bunch of sports internships going through school and really knew I wanted to be in the sports marketing space. So I was fortunate enough to get hired uh, by the new MLS team. They didn't have a name, a logo, players. Uh, essentially, I was the first staff member besides the consultant and uh, the CEO and operating partner, uh, Nick Sikevich. So it was a great experience uh, to learn on the fly and definitely learn a lot in a short amount of time. So I started there as an administrative coordinator, um, basically doing whatever needed to be done, whether it was ordering staples uh, for the office or um, looking at our virtual seat viewer with our VP of ticket sales. So it was, it was a really great experience and I was able to uh, move my career forward there by um, kind of additionally getting promoted. And then I left the union uh, as the vice president of marketing and communications and had the second largest department in the organization behind uh, ticket sales, and there we handled everything from uh, digital marketing, our media buying, communication strategies, uh, you know, press releases, and then even um, our game operations and any of our events. So we had a, a pretty well-rounded uh, department, and then I was there for almost almost 10 years and was kind of looking for the next next challenge. I would say I have a an entrepreneurial spirit, so I uh, was looking uh, to kind of make a change. So um, that's how I joined the National Lacrosse League, and I've been here just about two years um, where I oversee all of our marketing, communications, digital, uh, with a heavy focus on digital. So in the first year or so of me being here, um, we built our own OTT platform, uh, rebranded the league and the logo, uh, and then also uh, rebuilt the website. So that was the other sort of attractor for me to move on from the union uh, and work at the National Lacrosse League, not only because it's the fastest growing sport, but also, um, you know, the work that I would be tasked with. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you touched on both NLL and MLS. 
uh, as properties, and, and you know, you've worked in both, um, really, an MLS team from the start, and really kind of a a relaunch or um, a new start for a league like the NLL uh, that has been around for a while. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the, the the key things that are the same and were the same in both jobs that you saw, whether it was soccer or lacrosse? Are there parallels that work in both? Yeah, I definitely think that they there is a lot of parallels. I mean, if you hear the commissioner speak, he'll he'll talk about a tale of two leagues. Uh, it's eerie how, how how many similarities as far as challenges go. I mean, both essentially lacrosse and soccer. Um, lacrosse. Uh, being still more niche, but soccer was as well. So trying to take a niche sport into more mainstream, uh, the more mainstream sports landscape, I think is a very similar challenge. I think the audience, so we have um, arguably, uh, not just because I work there, the product is more entertaining. Uh, Indoor lacrosse is fast paced. The ball's always moving, you know, so rather than soccer, which kind of draws on a little bit. Um, so the sport is fundamentally different from an entertainment property standpoint. So I think that's one of the unique things we've been able to exploit uh, rather than soccer. And But I think the other similarity would be um, just sort of the, the millennial demo focusing on a younger audience, uh, the, the rise of digital. I think for us at lacrosse, it's sort of an inflection point for the league because we have the ability now to go direct to consumer uh, whereas in years past, the league's been around for 32 seasons. Um, we haven't had that opportunity. And the sport being, you know, smaller didn't obviously have the, the resources um, to do either big media buys or, or do big uh, TV rights deals. So the OTT um, proposition is certainly one that uh, has been a great um, asset for our league. And, and touching on the OTT side, recently there was an announcement uh, where NLL uh, was up on a stage with Adam Silver and Lenny Daniels mm-hmm. uh, and David Levy from Turner uh, as being part of the launch for what will be Turner's property, uh, Bleacher Report Live, which will be their streaming service. How did that come about, and how will a partnership with uh, a platform like Turner and Bleacher Report help the NLL grow? Uh, it came about through um, our CRO, Kevin Morgan, and David Sternberg is our uh, broadcast consultant. They've really been sort of pounding the pavement uh, as it relates to a media rights deal. And as we are a digital first league, it really was high on our radar to find a digital rights property as opposed to looking for a a linear TV deal. Um, And so, you know, they spent months with RFPs and looking at sort of um, who would be the right partner in the space for us. And that's really what we were looking for as a partner, not someone to just sort of put us on there their platform. Um, and with Turner, you know, meeting pretty much all the folks that will be involved in the project, we're uh, very excited. I mean, they're really bought into not only the sport of lacrosse, but NLL and what we're doing sort of as a strategic vision. So we're excited to be partners uh, with them. And as you mentioned, we launched uh, or announced it last week. The platform will be launching um, shortly and we'll have our 2018-2019 uh, season on uh, NLL season on uh, Bleacher Report Live, and we're excited because it'll be a multifaceted deal, not just again putting our our sport on their uh, property, but also some marketing, um, you know, best practices, and and really just a, a transformational partnership as far as the the exposure and the reach, because that's essentially what we're looking at from an NLL. Our biggest challenge is scaling scaling our business. You know, we have a we know we have a great product and property, 
um, but really need to get some scale. And we think that Turner is and Bleacher Report Live is the way to do that. You know, we, we shouldn't neglect the fact that some people may not know where franchises are right now, uh, who some sure. of the owners are especially. Uh, so two things. Why don't you take us a little bit of a kind of like National Lacrosse League 101 as to how long the season is, where the franchises are, and who some of those interesting owners are that have both been around but also really have come into the league, not just for now, but for the next couple of years. Sure. So as part of um, myself and others joining the league, a, a key focus is on thoughtful expansion. So currently we have nine teams playing across North America. Um, we have Toronto, Saskatchewan, um, Georgia. And so uh, with this season, uh, it starts early December and it will run through basically Memorial Day weekend, culminating with the championship games. Uh, but then next season, which again will be in a temp- similar time frame. Uh, we'll, we'll have two new teams online with the San Diego Seals and the Philadelphia Wings. So the team, <clears throat> those two teams will bring us to 11 total teams across North America. And so we're excited, obviously, to keep expanding. Um, but I would say some of the kind of more unique owner stories is uh, obviously with Philadelphia, Comcast Spectacor uh, firmly believes in the product. And so they've invested. This will basically be their second team. Um, so they're an expansion team. And then also Joe Sy uh, with the San Diego Steels. Um, he's a, a Yale grad, actually played lacrosse at Yale. So he's a real passion for the sport, which is nice. He's not just, you know, sort of writing a check. Uh, he's firmly invested in growing the sport, looking at making it uh, an Olympic sport hopefully one day. Uh, we feel that box really lends itself to, uh, to the Olympics. So um, he's been heavily engaged. And then we have Pagula, um their sports property, obviously, they own multiple teams, but they own the, the Buffalo Bandits, uh, and they've been very engaged uh, in helping us grow sort of the vision in the league as well. And Josiah, obviously, the co-founder of Alibaba, not, have, not bad having uh, someone in who also just happened to be buying in as the minority owner of the Brooklyn Nets recently, too. So, um, obviously, some pretty interesting owners. Let's talk about kind of your day-to-day, Ashley. Marketing a sure. league versus marketing a team when you worked at the union. What's, what are kind of the similarities, but also how are, what are the differences and what do those team structures look like when they're trying to sell tickets and, and build brand in marketplace? So what are the similarities from a league perspective that you're doing now and kind of what are the differences from when you worked at a team? Sure. Um, I mean, ultimately, you're still marketing a sport, uh, so that would be the biggest similarity. It's just from a league level, you have to think what's best for – you know, the nine or soon to be obviously 11 member clubs, uh, the uniqueness of each of those markets, you know, so having a, a overall marketing strategy and plan that is good for all of them um, is something that's definitely different as opposed to a team. You're very much involved in your market and the the strategies that work best for, for your marketplace. So um, the other thing I would say is like lead time I found is, is something that's a vast difference. So at a team, you know, sports, folks, I think, are used to moving a 1,000 miles an hour and, um, you know, sometimes creating things on the fly. You're always looking for an opportunistic uh, sales opportunity and, um, you know, something as simple as, okay, we're going to have a blizzard, so we're going to run a ticket promotion uh, around how many inches of snow, whereas at a league level, you know, you really need to allow more time for planning, um, execution of it, but also just overall communication. 
um, you know, because you're commuting, communicating, excuse me, to uh, 11 different constituents, and they're trying to do 1,200 other things for their uh, for their team business, and so uh, making sure that you allow enough time for them to execute it, fully understand the program, if they have any questions. So it's a, a longer process, I would say, than the team side. I feel like you can react and, and integrate programs much quicker. Um, in, in the short time, well, relatively short time, there's obviously been a lot of growth um, with the league. What are some of the things when you look back from when you started to now are probably the two or three things that you want people to know that have changed and are really kind of the emerging uh, touch points that make the league different? I think, as I mentioned before, I mean, just the, the product itself, you know, while we uh, we believe in ourselves and our staff, uh, we're not, you know, we're not rocket scientists. And the sport itself has sustained itself based on its, its product. It's entertaining. Um, I am not or did not come to this league as a lacrosse, quote-unquote, a lacrosse person. Uh, I never played this sport. I was, you know, aware of it, but I wasn't necessarily ingrained in it. And watching a game, I can tell you, Champions Cup last year, um, the Saskatchewan Rush versus the the Georgia Swarm, was one of the most entertaining sporting events I've ever been to. Um, And that's why, essentially, it's it's survived, you know, for this long. Um, But I think from our standpoint, just that we are a digital first league. It's very important to us as we continue to create our strategies and really expose people to, to the league. Um, you know, we believe in that obviously with the, the partnership of, of BR live um, and making sure that, you know, they know that it's not just while well, it is lacrosse. It's also entertainment. Um, 60% of our fans have never like myself touched a lacrosse stick and are just going for the sort of the party atmosphere. So uh, it's a really it's a really great time, and I think that's why we have a significant value proposition over, you know, something like the MLS where maybe it's not as exciting, um, or baseball. Uh, you know, obviously they're losing um, the younger demos as well. So I think we have a, a great opportunity to, to capitalize on that because at the core of it, our, our product is awesome. You know, as, as Nick has said before, it's ticket sellable um, because it is so exciting. How does um, – when, when people think about lacrosse – who may not know the sport that well, they they probably think about the outdoor game first. How do how do the outdoor game skills or marketing translate to the indoor game? There obviously is an outdoor league. Um, are there similarities in the way people consume? Is it the same fan base, or uh, are the two fan bases totally different? Uh, I would say on a large scale, they're probably pretty different. Like I said, 50% of our consumers aren't going for the lacrosse product. They're going for the entertainment value of it. Um, so whereas I think the outdoor league, it is, it skews more to, you know, traditional lacrosse players. Um, there, you know, the sort of analogy that we make is if you think of soccer, you know, so traditionally it's played outdoor, but many teams uh, actually play indoor to hone their, their foot skills um, in a tighter space. The same is true in box lacrosse. Um, now you're seeing a, sort of um, a boom of box lacrosse, uh, U.S. lacrosse in partnership with us, released youth rules for the first time ever. You're also seeing entities like U.S. Boxla who are showing the importance of box because I think, too, a lot of the American coaches woke up and said, why are the best players in the NCAA Canadian? It's because they play box. So, uh, it's again, it's a great time for us to capitalize on sort of that buzz and the swell from, from the grassroots level. And the other thing – from a player perspective is 
the inclusion of American players in, in our game. And I think Tom Schreiber is sort of the shining example of that. He's a, a Princeton, excuse me, a Princeton grad, um, played field his whole life, and he has successfully made the transition uh, to box across to the NLL. And I think he's sort of showing other American players that it is possible. While the rules may be different, the space is tighter, um, you have to react quicker, you can make the transition and be successful. You know, he was rookie of the year last year. He's unfortunately been out um, with an injury, but he's arguably could be um, a league MVP. So I think that's really helped also illuminate uh, the possibility for American field players to um, to look at enter, entering our league uh, after college. Speaking of players, one of the other interesting aspects of box lacrosse is is the opportunity for Native Americans. There are, mm-hmm. I believe, 20 or 21 Native American athletes playing uh, in the league now this year, according to some of the numbers that I saw, um, which is pretty unique given the fact that there are probably maybe three or four other athletes in other sports who happen to be Native Americans. How interesting or valuable is that from a marketing perspective, and who are some of those players who are Native Americans who people should be watching? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely valuable in the sense that it's different. Uh, we also have a Native American owner uh, in the Rochester Nighthawks with, with Kurt Styers, so it's a unique uh, story to tell. It's certainly something that we look to promote. You know, it makes us very different from any other league, so we've uh, we supported from a league-wide marketing initiative uh perspective the Native American History Month um, because it makes us unique and different and quite honestly it's authentic so rather than trying to be something that we're not these players are in our league um, some of sort of the, the most notable I would say are the the Thompson brothers um, they play uh, in Georgia and also in at the Saskatchewan Rush um, you know they've really sort of put um, lacro- box lacrosse back on the map in the Native American community they obviously have strong ties to the game of lacrosse itself being, you know, the creator's game. So it's nice to see that we can provide an outlet not only for them to play, but also, um, you know, shed some more light on the Native American community. Great. Um, One other thing I want to touch on, which you've touched on, is is kind of the digital first nature. Um, A lot of sports are trying to figure out how to become more applicable to an audience that is looking at a phone all the time or is thinking about mm-hmm. not going to a big screen, but they're going to an online property or a streaming property, an OTT property first. How did the league find that as an opportunity? And, and talk a little bit about how is it exploited and the numbers that you guys have seen, which have really made it kind of a really unique success story in sports so far. Sure. Yeah, I think looking, you know, even uh, as I mentioned with Kevin and David, looking at sort of our value proposition as it relates to broadcast, we saw very quickly as a niche sport, linear TV didn't make sense for us um, for quite a few reasons. But really, like you said, the evolution of what is quote-unquote TV watching. Now, if you ask a a 14-year-old kid, they're going to look at their phone and say, I'm watching TV. So really trying to capitalize on that movement of, um, you know, now we have second screen, third screen um, viewing habits. So it really is, again, an inflection point for us at the league because it's um, economical for us not only to pursue this strategy, but it's where the consumers are. We can go direct to them as opposed to, and we can control the message, um, more importantly, as opposed to going through, you know, a third party necessarily. So um, it's been really successful for us, and I think that's, what led us to uh, the, the deal with Turner and BR Live, you know, we did a 
Game of the Week partnership uh, with Twitter. We're in our second season, and we average just about 350,000 viewers per game, which, again, told us that our audience is scalable, um, and it's you know across the country, across the globe. And then uh, with NLL TV, our own property, uh, where we have just about 25,000 free and paid subscribers. So, again, really encouraging numbers to show that there is an appetite um, for not only viewing the, the property, but that we're in the right space, that consumers are looking at us. On Twitter, 70% of our viewership uh, was is under the age of 35. So, again, it just speaks to where sort of, broadcast is going and it's now much more about streaming um, via you know a digital device whether that's a connected TV or uh, your phone or your iPad in terms of growth you mentioned um, Philadelphia San Diego with with some pretty impactful owners coming on on board mm-hmm. next year um, for people who aren't sure of where the growth areas are geographically in the United States what are some of the growth areas for lacrosse the sport and box specifically and markets that you guys may be looking to going forward, um, you know, with the right owner, the right partner, the right arena. Right. Yeah. I think, I mean, ultimately it's about that. I think lacrosse itself as a sport, it's growing 9% a year, um, which is encouraging. So there's a lot of potential markets, I think on the, the, the list to look at, but obviously sort of the New York, Long Island area, uh, is a hotbed for lacrosse. There's actually, a, a very large following of uh, box lacrosse in Dallas. There's a league there, essentially. Um, you know, as you see with the the onboarding of San Diego and Philly, those were hot markets as well. And then also in Canada. So we um, have at, currently about half our teams in Canada. Uh, so there's definitely key markets in Canada. And then even looking, um, you know, at the West Coast, San Francisco, you could always have two California teams. I think these are all sort of the hotbeds for lacrosse. So Again, as you mentioned, if we have the the right building deal, the right ownership group, and the market has an interest in lacrosse, um, that's where we're looking to hopefully expand. So, Ashley, one of the things, um, obviously, that people are looking for is diversity. Um, and, and at one point that there were games on traditional TV, and you've obviously changed to a, a digital-first platform, um, how is the diversity and the accessibility of broadcast or of even of access to, to the product changed since you guys have made that switch? I think it's fundamentally changed it. I mean, trying to look for a lacrosse game on linear TV, maybe four games a year would be on TV. Now we're able to give you access to 81 games a year, um, essentially on demand, both live and on demand. So you're seeing from an audience perspective, it's skew much younger, uh, which is obviously encouraging for us um, as sort of the uh, strategy builders of the league that we're bringing in a lot younger fans, which is great because our biggest challenge in delivery of the, the sport has been unlocking uh, the entertainment property outside of, of the arenas. So certainly I think over the coming years, you'll see um, a, a much younger audience. And it again, just speaks to sort of uh, the reasoning for why we're a digital first league. Great. And just a reminder to everyone, we're talking to Ashley Dabb, uh, the Chief Marketing Officer of the National Lacrosse League. Uh, before we let you go, Ashley, there, there are two questions we'd like to ask, especially since a lot of the people who listen to this are students or people looking for new jobs. Number one is, yep. how do you stay uh, up to date with everything that's going on? What do you read? Who do you follow? Um, and then secondly, um, when people come to you, especially being a woman who's risen in the ranks, 
what advice do you give to people looking to get involved? So how do you stay involved? And, and then what is it that, um, what advice do you give to people? Sure. Uh, I think, you know, reading, uh, especially at a high level is important. Uh, of course, I read the sort of sports Bible, sports business journal, um, but then now you're seeing obviously a, an uprising in uh, more digital properties. Uh, I get, we actually saw them the other day, but I, um, get John Wall Street into my inbox every morning, scanning that recode uh, I get every morning. And I may not read every article in depth, but just, just sort of scanning to see uh, the latest topics or trends, if there's something that piques my interest, certainly looking at that a little more in depth. Uh, and then on social media, I follow all the leagues uh, just to see what they're doing. Um, you know, at the NBA is something I've, I've been looking at more frequently um, just because of their sort of cutting-edge ideas. Uh, they just announced microtransactions. Um, so I think they're sort of paving the way in digital. So follow all the leagues, um, most of the commissioners, if they're on social, and, um, you know, Darren Revel, some of the, the sports writers, um, just, again, see what's, what's being talked about, any trends that are emerging, um, you know, especially being digital-focused, trying to stay ahead of any, you know, Snapchat changes its platform, which they have, or Facebook changes an algorithm, making sure that we're, on that in real time and getting out that information uh, to our teams is also important. And then to answer your second question, um, you know, it is sort of cliche as it sounds, just networking is important as a student, I think, just making sort of your name um, in the conversation top of mind while a company may not have a job right away, um, you know, having an informational interview just to kind of have that conversation is important. Um, and then try to, you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, try to differentiate yourself, whether that's learning to code, speaking a second language, because um, unfortunately today, you know, many students are coming out of college. So you have a college degree and so did 50 other kids who are coming out of school looking to get hired. So how can you give yourself a point of differentiation, like I said, whether that's learning how to code, you can speak another language, um, or with the rise of esports, you know, maybe you're big into esports. Um, to sort of carve your, your niche out. And then uh, lastly, where can uh, people want, wanting to find out more information about the new TV deal or where they can follow on social? What are some of the handles that you'd love people to, to kind of latch on to? Yes, appreciate that question. Uh, so NL.com is our website, and you can find the latest and breaking news on there. And then our social channels are at NLL. Um, we're on pretty much every channel, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even LinkedIn. Um, also, if you're looking for jobs, check LinkedIn, uh, and we'll post anything we have open there. Great. Ashley Dabb, uh, the Chief Marketing Officer of the National Lacrosse League. Once again, thanks for joining us on the CUSP Show this week. Thank you. Appreciate it. Once again, this was the CUSP Show, the Columbia University Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Favorito for my co-host, Tom Richardson. Thanks for listening in, and we'll see you down the line. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CUSP Show, the Columbia University Sports Podcast. I'm Tom Richardson, and my co-host is Joe Favorito. My production assistant this week is Columbia student Reese Eisenman. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple's podcast app, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and other key platforms. You can also find it at blogtalkradio.com forward slash the cusp show and you can get in touch with us on twitter at cu underscore sps underscore sports also you can find out more about our program columbia university sports management program by going online at sps.columbia.edu forward slash sports hyphen management thank you very much
much. We'll see you next time. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.